Welcome, everybody, to our final podcast of the year here at Inside Arcs. Uh, it's going to be kind of a neat one. We're going to talk about the Jingle Jam and all the events that have unfolded. I am going to cover the calendar on which everything is going to be going on. Uh, we will have, of course, Kinsey's joke and a few other things that we're going to talk about. But we're going to go ahead and get this podcast rolling. So, hopefully, you'll enjoy this very special edition of Inside Arts. Alright, first things first, ladies and gentlemen. We're going to go over the Arts calendar over the next few weeks, since we're not going to be having a podcast until probably the week before season starts. So I'm going to give you a kind of a list of stuff to keep an eye out on our social media pages and our streaming pages, such as Arcs Racing Network, and found on Twitch and YouTube, and Rick James TV One. Uh, so our Rally Cross races start December 27th, and go all the way to January 24th. Those will be held on Mondays around 8 o'clock. The rest of the Ironman Challenge will be happening on Sunday nights up till January 23rd. Check out A-Rock on Rick James TV One. That is the ARC's Race of Champions. So we are going to be Jumping into V8 Supercars, tackling three ovals and three road courses. That starts Thursday, January 6th. Watkins Glen, then Darlington, Bothurst, Michigan, Long Beach, and Texas. Some very fun racetracks that is going to be very interesting to see us tackle in very unique painted V8 Supercars painted very much like the original International Race of Champions. In January, on Wednesdays, you're going to have the Plate Track Championships put on by Jonathan Honeybrink, or otherwise known as Twisted Navy. Uh, the Car of Tomorrow at Daytona, iRacing Super Speedway, and Talladega. At the beginning of January is the Winter Beach Day, put on by our Nick Pressey and Terry Freer. So, 400 miles at Daytona in the ARCA car. But the one I want to talk to you guys most about is the Chili Bull Nationals. So, Ryan, being the dirt guy he is, said, we're running a Chili Bull. So, we picked it up, and we are rocking a roll with it. We're going to try and shoot for 60 entries. We're going to do the full alphabet soup style heat. And the mains, all the way up to a 20-car main feature. Saturday Night Showdown sponsor Midwest Barbecue picked up the tab for this race. So Midwest Barbecue will be presenting the ARCS Chili Bowl and awarding the winner $50. So that 
Check out the action. Me and Terry Gabbard, or otherwise known as Deplorable Me, will be rocking and rolling that show on the ARCS Racing Network. Then, of course, moving on into February. February 6th will actually be our official kickoff of the season with our A-squared next-gen, The Clash. Tracks have yet to still be determined. It's going to be on Sunday. We haven't quite figured out where we're going to go yet, whether the Coliseum gets uploaded into iRacing or we go somewhere else, but we will definitely have a clash. Dirt late models and tour mods kick off Monday for the Arcs Extreme. Dirt late models will take on on Charlotte Dirt. Tour mods will be at New Smyrna. So check those out on the Arcs Racing Network. Then the 12th, Saturday, you were going to see qualifying and the duels, guys. So be prepared. We're only, a, we're only about a month and a half away from the kickoff of our season. And then we go full-blown into hardcore rock and roll as GT Challenge kicks off the week after the Super or the, the Wednesday after the Super Bowl, TNT at Rockingham. Then we're going to have Daytona in the trucks and Daytona in the next gen. So be prepared. February is going to be a very stressful and exciting month. So definitely get ready. Another thing to kind of keep an eye out on our social media pages, such as Race Arcs on Facebook, Race Arcs on Instagram, and Arcs Racing on Twitter. Keep an eye out as we do updates for our 24 hours of Daytona Endurance teams. We'll probably be fielding anywhere between two to three cars, maybe even a fourth in that grueling 24-hour race. So definitely keep an eye out on our socials and also Instagram and Twitter for Rick James TV. So definitely go find, click follow, and pay attention to our Twitter page because of we're going to be having a contest here soon to win a free diecast. Once again, our Twitter handle is Arcs Racing. I believe it's Arcs underscore. I should have been a little more prepared for this, but I don't handle the Twitter, nor do I have Twitter. But you guys that do have Twitter, go out there, check us out. And we will continue this podcast to roll it and move on to our next segment. Back with everybody's favorite segment of the Inside Arts podcast, we've got Kinsey's Joke. So I'm pretty excited about this holiday edition, hopefully at that. Kinsey, how are you doing tonight? I am doing well. Excited to tell some jokes. How are you doing, SK? Oh, just rocking and rolling as we are kicking this podcast. This is our last one of the last one of the year, so it's been kind of fun for me tonight, so I can't wait to definitely end it with a bang, especially with these awesome jokes you're about ready to tell us. Absolutely. And for tonight, being that it's our last one, I have multiple jokes, so let's see if I can get multiple laughs. <laughs> All right, floor is yours. All right, so I would like to ask everybody, how do you lift a frozen car? How? With a Jack Frost. 
<laughs> Thought it was pretty clever. <laughs> Oh, All right, and I no, got a couple no, more no. for you, though. <laughs> All right. So they get better as they go, I promise. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we all know Santa gets around in his infamous sleigh, but how do his elves get around? What do elves drive? What do elves drive? Toyotas. <laughs> <laughs> But better yet, how do snowmen get around? <laughs> oh, how? They all ride their icicles. <laughs> <laughs> you can't breathe. <laughs> oh, I, the Toyota one still got me. I love that one. And the icicle one was pretty good, too. The Toyota one was good. I'm about to remember that. I... I know when Larkin hears that in the podcast, he's probably going to spit his coffee all over the place and be like, yes, Toyota, baby. So that's awesome. <laughs> oh, good. That's the goal. <laughs> so are you excited? Are you going to be around for a Christmas party tomorrow? I will absolutely be around. My whole family is like going to Florida and I get off work tomorrow, probably early too, and don't work the next day. So um, that is my plan. I'm going to hop in and get a couple drinks in me and party for Christmas. I'm hoping some people show up with some like cool Christmas get up, like reindeer ears, Santa hats, ugly sweaters. I want to see it all. <laughs> I'll, I'll be wearing my ugly sweater with the camera on. Don't worry. Okay, perfect. I got my reindeer ears. <laughs> all right. Well, hopefully uh, we will see you tomorrow for the Christmas party. And once again, thank you for coming on with your awesome joke, and you've got plenty of time to prepare for our next one since our next podcast probably is going to be till the second week of February. Sounds good. I will be good and ready. All right, we're going to move on to our next segment after a short musical break. <laughs> Now with our third place driver who finished very well and had a really good race at the Jingle Jam, Elliot Longenecker coming, making his arcs return at the Jingle Jam. Elliot, how you doing this evening? I'm doing good, SK. How are you doing? I'm just glad that's over with. <laughs> yeah, it was it was a long race. It was definitely. And a long I imagine race. it was. I imagine it was really a lot of work for you guys that put it together, and I really appreciate that. Yeah, Ryan came up with the idea, and then over the last two weeks, all four of us—Ryan, DP, myself, Tommy—we just. I mean, that was like a full-time job. I think we put like forty hours in over you know the time span of you know trying to get the stream set up and the roster's ready to go and make sure everybody was paid and the session was correct and that even got kind of wonky a little bit but you know walk us through your perspective of the race from like start to finish on what was all happening and you know between us starting out with 39 cars totally finishing with about 18 on the track 
Um, yeah, I mean, I'll start with just the the um, heat race. Um, the way that started, I thought, oh, man, this is going to be a disaster because we had a bunch of caution, you know, those two cautions right away. And I was like, man, this could be interesting. Um, and the start of the race, um, you know, had some cautions to kind of start. But it really... Um, it really was just circumstance. It wasn't a bunch of guys driving bad or anything. It was just stuff kind of happened, you know, and the, the car changed so much um, in a tire run and based on where the car in front of you was and the car behind you was, it would change from tight to loose in a heartbeat. It, it was really crazy. Yeah, it really was. Actually, one of those circumstance cautions was caused by yours truly over here that got the grass just a tad bit and sent me in, I think, one of my teammates and somebody else, and that was just a big ordeal. But everybody was able to shake it off, and, you know, throughout the middle of the race, that was a lot of fun. We even had a green flag pit stop, which was exciting. Yeah, it was exciting for most everybody except for me, who was were running, I think, third when that I was either second or third when that green flag pit stop happened, and uh, I clipped that cone on entry. So I got a 40-second penalty and ended up two laps down. So that was I was pretty upset with myself when I did that. Yeah, definitely. The luck I got uh, unsafe entry because a couple of us went down at the same time and one guy decided to bail at the last second and wait and caused me to go a little sideways. So I, I like the, my right rear tire was on that line as I entered pit road and it gave me an unsafe entry. And I'm like, Oh, you gotta be kidding me. So I got, I got hit with that 42nd or two, but you know, coming from two laps down to still finish third, that was a heck of a feat. That's definitely for sure. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, a lot of it was luck. I mean, so uh, my two teammates, uh, Donald Ray and Jeremy Briel, um, and I were all working together and you know coming down pit road together, and they kind of checked up quicker than I thought they were going to, and so when I locked up the brakes, it just kind of slid sideways and clipped that cone. But luckily, um, no caution came out, and once it all cycled through. I was far enough up the front that I it cycled through to where I was only one lap down. And then I was able a couple cautions later to be in the lucky dog spot. So really I, I got really lucky that things played out the way they did. Otherwise I, I could have just ended up buried two laps down um, or at least one lap down for a while. Yeah, it happened to, there was a couple of drivers that just got stuck buried laps down because of incidents and half of the toe, but you were able to persevere. And I mean, the big one that happened towards the end of the race, and I was telling this to a couple of people that left, I think I was sitting like 29th, like six laps down because I ended up getting involved in a couple wrecks and I'm still on the track after that big one happened by the time after about two or three laps after we got done or when we went green after that big accident, I jumped all the way up to like 21st. And then by, when it was all said and done, I was able to break out 15 because that wreck took out a bunch of people. It was a big one. And I was very surprised at the fact that a lot of the guys got through it like you guys did. 
but the well, end of the race was exciting though too well i it's funny you bring up that big one towards the end because i think the one you're talking about is the one that i caused um i believe it was the one i was i was leading and mains had a run on me in the corner and when he got right on my bumper it just shot me loose and i shot up to the wall and locked it up but bounced back across the track and took out a bunch of cars with me um luckily i'd saved my fast repair and had that but yeah i believe i caused that wreck that you're discussing well good that means you got me 29th to 15th so you're my friend <laughs> yeah i mean i felt bad for all the guys i took out and and originally mains thought i was blocked and i was and i was just trying to find some air to where my car would handle through the corner um even being the leader the air was just kind of crazy and and he just got such a good run on me in the center of the corner that when he got to my back bumper i it just shot me loose and i tried to correct it and it shot me into the wall and back across the track and took a bunch of guys with me i felt terrible about that and kind of dumb that i didn't find a way to keep from hitting everybody but but yeah i mean it was interesting and i, I was very fortunate that had my fast repaired i, I had a couple teammates that helped me work my way back up to the front after that definitely and you know what's kind of funny about all this is you know how much they've updated the car and changed the car over the past like six weeks since we first started practice like heavily practicing for this because the first couple practice sessions were like, oh, no, this is this is going to be bad. This is going to be really bad. These cars are too easy. It was full throttle, nonstop, even even after 15 laps. You're just you're hammered down going. You know, we were it was just like it was last season or our last season of Monday Night Lightning, where like every mile and a half was straight up Daytona. But then they kind of threw a curveball at us, which made the cars a little a little difficult, which some guys haven't been in all year, you know, been in these cars all season, you know, because a lot of leagues were still doing the Gen 6, and a lot of people were avoiding them because of, you know, they were too, too easy to drive. They weren't any fun. And then they got tricky on us. They got tricky pretty quick. I, you know, me and you discussed during a practice session, anywhere between 10 to 16 laps, that car is a completely different animal exiting the corner. Yeah, you know, they iRacing did a good job, you know, kind of adjusting on this car and and making it better. And I think when the when they get their hands on the actual next gen car, they're going to make it even better. Um but yeah, you know, it's just crazy how much the air would change things. Um I know like that very last run, I burned my stuff up just because of drafting off of Jeremy and I'd get such a run into the corner. But I didn't want to try to pass him, but I was still burning my stuff up because I was just so fast into the corner. Um, so it was just really crazy. Yeah, it was definitely somewhat intense in certain spots. Like, I think it, well, honestly, I think it helped the race because of a lot of us were a lot more cautious on what the car was going to do, you know, on exit especially after about when you're in the pack, it was about 11, about 11, about 11 laps or so. But then the, the weird part was after about 20 laps, 25 laps, the car went from 
you know, you had to finesse it out of the corner because it was going to get loose to you couldn't break the car loose even if you spilled oil on the tires. Like, it was just ungodly tight. And that was a huge adjustment, especially when, you know, we were too yeah. deep. Yeah, it really was. Um, I mean, what really, really helped us was, um, I mean, Jeremy, um, Jacket, and I all talked about that we were going to start lifting from basically the start of the run. And we did basically from lap one, we'd be lifting and trying to save our stuff. And so that helped. Um, but yeah, it would get ungodly tight all of a sudden. Um, and that's how I kind of was, um, that run where I ended up getting loose all of a sudden and spinning out, I was tight, tight, tight. And then all of a sudden car behind me and I was wrecking loose. That was kind of how I felt, which it helped me out a bunch, you know, driving defensively, but it was a lot of fun and, you know, watching everything un unfold, like it was kind of crazy, uh, D-Bucks, you know, Dustin Painter decided to drop out like not even a quarter of the way through the race to play race control and, uh, we're in the voice chat. And I'm still, you know, on the track and it was making laps, keeping cars on the racetrack. Cause we were down to like 16 or 17 cars left. And, uh, we'll get to this finish later when we talk to Jeremy and Brett, but, uh, he's like, man, this is awesome. This is awesome. So it was like seven laps to go. And I look at the leaderboard and I'm like, okay, Terry Freer is not going to get around me. If I get out of the race now, like he's, he's that, he's that much farther back than me. I'm going to stay locked in 15th. I'm parking this bitch because I want to see this finish. <laughs> and a few of us did all did the same thing. And it was just an excellent finish. You know, you were right there towards the end of it coming in third. And that was a heck of a feat doing 250 laps in Atlanta. So, Elliot, congratulations. Welcome back. It was just fun. Thank, thank you. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad to be back. And I... This time I plan on just racing. I don't want any of the administration stuff, so I'm just going to have fun racing. I appreciate you guys putting all that on and stuff. And I, I had a blast, and I, I had the best seat in the house for that uh, finish between Jeremy and Brett, sitting third, watching them battle right there to the finish line. Um, so, yeah, I, congratulations to both of them. And and thank you to all the admins for putting that race on. I, I told Ryan I haven't had that much fun in my sim rig for i don't remember when it's got to be a year since i've had that much fun it was definitely fun actually speaking of administrative stuff i've got one funny joke to say to you i've been, I've been waiting for the podcast to do it and right. uh and so there, like when in the in the process of the monday night lightning disasters you know you guys were so up you know so wound up because it was a disaster well everybody will admit that that was just a complete disaster of what was going on much agreed and then there was one moment when you said to me and tristrand if you guys don't like it why don't you guys run a league and see how easy it is well to be honest with you it's not freaking easy we've been able to do a pretty good job but jesus christ is it hard and i feel you on not being an administrator because trust me, I would much rather be racing, but I love doing what I'm doing. So, sorry for causing you so much headache back then. I don't know. It wasn't. I mean, until you do it, you don't understand what the administrators do and and deal with. So, no, no hard feelings there. 
uh, I'm just glad to be back and ready to have some fun racing with you guys again and and uh, looking forward to the Chili Bowl coming up. Yep, that's going to be a lot of fun coming up. And next, we have our next driver who finished second in the Jingle Jam, Brett Puncari. Did I say that right? Yeah, yeah, pretty close. Yeah, you got it. All right, that's good enough. Okay. <laughs> First of all, Brett, thank you for jumping on the podcast. Thank you also for, you know, being a part of the Jingle Jam, you and another group, you know, kind of all banded together as well to kind of make this a huge, huge deal. And we had a very successful race. Yeah, it was. Um, I mean, early, I was kind of worried about the race, though, in all honesty, because we're going to have such a huge field. And a lot of the um, the practice races, that, the two that I was able to do, um, they weren't that great, in all honesty. Um and there were quite a few yells around, which is kind of thankful I've got the pole to take the challenge and go to the back. But I was going to go to the back anyway, regardless. Um, but once everything kind of settled down, the field kind of got thinned out. The racing got a lot better. And I really saw it as an opportunity to go like a long race with this uh, next gen car because that's what everyone's going to be running. And everyone's running now in the official sessions. But um, the way everything kind of worked out and um, – I thought I didn't have a chance at the end with tire wear, but I actually was able to get good tire wear and I almost pulled the win off, but, and we'll get to the finish later on, like you were saying, but, uh, it was definitely great to be a part of something like this. And, um, like I said, it was definitely an opportunity to get more experience with this next gen car. Yeah. Me and Elliot discussed earlier about how the car drastically changed on us over the past few weeks with some of these updates to where, Atlanta was a miniature Daytona. These cars couldn't break loose if you tried. You know, there was nothing you could do to these cars to get them to drive like they ended up didn't, and it really helped out our race. But the fun fact that the that I wanted to discuss mainly with you was your quote-quote manufacturer for the event. You decided to run the Peugeot front, you know, front end. You know, because on the Fords, you're able to erase the front end and put basically anything you want on there. Like myself runs a Dodge. Uh, Joshua Garrison runs a Dodge. Jeremy Brielt is going to bounce back and forth between a Dodge and a Ford. I've seen BMWs, Mercedes, Teslas. I've seen the Peugeot, but I've never seen anybody race it. So that was kind of neat. What made you want to race the Peugeot? I've I had this soft spot for Peugeot ever since Gran Turismo 3 when I first when I was really young. And I first saw the Peugeot 206 rally car. It was such a unique car compared to everything else I saw in terms of the rally cars. And then I found about the 905 GTP car and then um, a lot of the unique cars. So I had this soft spot for Peugeot um, for years. And it actually first started having this Peugeot on different cars with the uh, super late model, the paved one, that um, my painter... Um, one of players, uh, Corey Rutherford, who was in the race at um, CJ. I always, I always screwed the name up here. I gotta check. <laughs> I gotta check my phone to get this right. Of his, um, his company, it's a CJR Graph X. That's what it is. Um, he kind of made this Peugeot. It's an RCZ, is what it was. The car, the models called. And when I found out about the fact that the Ford Mustang next gen car, you can mess around with it. 
I talked to him and he figured, see if we can make it work. And he made it work making Peugeot on the car. And it's such, so out there compared to what everyone else runs. And I'm just going to stay with it as long as I possibly can until um, either this gets fixed, which I'm kind of hoping it doesn't, or I'll just keep going with it. But I have like, I'll explain the paint job in that, like why I have this Princess Daisy thing later on. But that's the reason I'm going with Peugeot because it's so different than everyone else has. And it's just, I always like to be different. That's what I decided to go with. Definitely different. Not the same way. I love to be different uh, when Ryan, you know, for A squared, you know, he's letting me get away with the Dodge. I was like, oh, can I run the BMW front end or the Mercedes front end? And he's like, no, you're stuck with the Dodge. I'm like, darn it. I've, I've even got a Cadillac template for it that's got, you know, that CTS. But what's also kind of funny about you being a Peugeot is, uh, so before the race, I had this neat little, you know, document printed out for DP and Tommy to talk about, you know, drivers and stuff like that. And I was like, you're the only Peugeot. And I, I spelled it. And then I'm like, oh, man, I know for a fact I'm going to have to put the pronunciation to this. Otherwise, they are going to completely butcher this. And what's funny is we were talking, like when I said it to him and me and Tommy were in a voice chat, he called it Pujot. <laughs> I'm like, it's Pujot. But I, I was like, read the read the parentheses. He's like, oh, Pujot. OK, got it. Pujot. So it's really awesome that you brought that car out. And I kind of am kind of interested in the whole Princess Daisy thing. Well, this whole thing started um, like maybe 2017, 2018. Um, this is gonna be a weird story, but I had a weird dream when I was sleeping one night. Because, like, I'm gonna say, this, Donkey Kong is my favorite Nintendo character. But if I had a second favorite, or have a soft spot for it's Princess Daisy. And I had this weird dream or imagination one night that I was racing on Iron Sing with a full Princess Daisy costume, which. By the way, I have one. I, I wear it. I wear it on Halloween when I'm racing. I've done it a couple, three times now, actually. But uh, and actually, on um, one race for, um, I'm going. To, I'm going to bounce around for different leagues in the FTRL. Um, they had onboard camera shots, and they had me in the act in the Daisy costume. And this is like 2020, I think it was Halloween. No, 2019 was, and. Um, so it caught me in the act wearing that, and it's a tradition now. So, And then I had a thing in the back of my head. I was like, what if I had like a Princess Daisy paint? And I had a couple paints before that were made for me, but they weren't really the greatest, in all honesty. But then I ran into a painting, uh, Patricio Esteban at, I think it's D Designs or Daco Designs. And he, when he first did the car, it was for the Camaro Xfinity car he knocked it out of the park and I was shocked at how good it was. So I've had him carry this tradition down is on this princess Daisy cars on all of my Xfinity cars. It's on both the 87 cup cars. I do have a, a different 87 cup car as well. A John force car from 87, which he did as well. Um, and then also that was done on the, uh, now on the next gens. And I ran into um, Corey Rutherford, I mentioned before, and now he's kind of carrying this Daisy tradition onwards. And now he's got it on all my next gen cars. Uh, he's got it on the COT car as well, in case I try to run the um, if E Racer does the Carnomaly 500 again. I didn't get into it last year, but I'm hoping to get back into it this next year. And it's it's so different and such unique paint scheme, or even just this having Princess Daisy thing in general. 
is so far out there from everyone else does. And right now, actually, Corey is working on getting the numbers moved forward. And then this Christmas version, the um, the the version of the Daisy one, especially the Daisy on the um, on the side of the car was different. Um, we had to actually talk. We had to talk to um, someone on Deviant Art. I think it's how I pronounced that right. To get um, permission to use it, and the user was. Uh, I just gotta scroll up here and find it. Hopefully, it loads up here. It's um, Giraham Dash Sandwich was the Deviant Art user that allowed this, and Corey just knocked it out of the park again. So. Um, I got more plans for Daisy Pink schemes than other cars, but I'm trying to space it out for him to <laughs> make sure he doesn't get like, fully loaded with Daisy cars. But uh, I'm carrying this tradition as long as I possibly can. I mean, if I somehow make, like, say, a Firecracker 400 or a Karami 500 or some sort of big event, and I even ran this in the FTF League in the GNS series, and I got to the top five in the chase points, I'm running this as long as I can because <laughs> it's just so different. <laughs> different is definitely cool but switching subjects we're gonna well, actually before we switch subjects uh probably in the next few days folks uh check out our facebook which is arcs nation and our instagram arcs nation i am actually going to go get a couple screenshots of that car and post it in the next couple of days so kind of keep a lookout for that so you guys can see exactly what we are talking about but so I, you know, kind of had Elliot walk, you know, walk us through his race. And I kind of want you to do the same because of you took the MK men go to the back challenge, which was you sat on pole and you mentioned earlier, you elected to go all the way to the back. And if you were able to finish fourth or higher, you're going to win $25, which you end up donating, donating back to toys for tots. So and we want to thank you for that. But that was an incredible feat to be able to do that and especially going up and battling for the win at the last second. So I kind of want you to kind of walk us through a little bit of your race from some of the craziness that happened early on to the very big wreck towards the end of the race. You know, just kind of walk us through everything that kind of happened. Well, I was thankful that I got the pole, first of all, because I had a couple of times in the test race where I got a real good qualifying run. So I, ran the top on the first lap, get the momentum going, and run the bottom on the second lap. That's what got me the pole position. And I was thankful for that because I, the problem, or kind of problem, the way the races kind of work out with these next-gen cars, especially like early on, I think it's similar to Gen 6. It is like a Daytona. It's like a mini Talladega, especially with, with the way this racing is. So I, I did not want to be a part of that mix. So that's why the good thing I went to the back. So I just kind of kept laying back and trying to drive conservatively as I can, save a tire set too, because I had... um few guys with me in the uh, little group we were in, like uh, Jason Mays, Corey Rutherford, and there were a few others as well in our little group. Um, so I laid back as much as I possibly could. And then I, when we had that first long run, we had some green flag pit stops. I got real lucky when that caution came out, um, I think just past lap 100, I think it was. I'm trying to remember it briefly, but that helped me and a lot of guys ought to get the track position for that caution coming out. But then on one of the restarts, um, I can't remember who got loose. Someone got loose off of four and hit me on the right front. And even though I had this thing like with races with resets, 
that I try my best not to use them because I try to run it like it was like a no reset race. I was on the fence about using it, but I figured the damage, I don't think if it was in real life, I think it would have been not terrible. Um, so I decided to risk it and use it. So then as we had a few more restarts and avoid that big pileup off of turn two, I did have another set of tires left and I was kind of banking on when the five, uh, four cars passed me on the restart when I was restarted the lead and they got by me, I was banking on a yellow because I didn't think I had a chance. But then driving as cautiously as I was, um, I was able to save the tires a bit and I was kind of surprised. So I started picking them off one at a time. And then when I got to Jeremy, I figured I'd try the outside line to see how it goes because that's how I use it to get by um, uh, Elliot, I think it was. Yeah. Um, I used to get by him in a turn three and then one lap and then um, it just wasn't quite working out. And I, and I tried again the last lap and I tried in three and four, got close and they got to the side. And then we, I said, we just made a little bit of contact and he spun and I just did not want to win it like that at all. That's why I slammed on the brakes and to make sure that he got the cross the line for us, even though he spun in the pit lane and smashed the wall. It was um, definitely... Definitely not the way I wanted that race to end, that's for sure. But um, it was quite an eventful drive, and we had those green flag runs, be able to save the tires and whatnot at the end, and um, led to that uh, chaotic finish. That was definitely for sure, though. Yeah, and I actually want to skip forward straight to the finish, actually. Uh, you know, so you two are battling it out, and from everybody's camera angle... And Jeremy even kind of admitted, you know, he it looked like he came down on you just a little bit and Jeremy got turned. But I want you to tell everybody what you did at the end of this race. When we made, well, I say he, he kind of said he came down, but I didn't really, wasn't sure at the time. But when we made contact, I saw he was spinning and then I did not want to win it, win it that way at all. So I slammed on the brakes and like locked them up and everything. And I kind of look to my left because I'm like I'm in VR so I was looking to my left side to make sure he spun across the line ahead of me and thank goodness he did he did cross the line ahead of me even though he was spinning and I was like I slammed on the brakes I did not want to win it like that at all because I'm trying I don't want to hit guys I don't want to bump guys or anything like that and um and that was the last thing I wanted so that's why I slammed on the brakes nearly stopped the car but I was definitely thankful that he got across the line first before I did sneak got the win. So definitely not how I wanted it to end. So that's why I stand on the brakes, but I'm definitely glad that Jeremy got across the line, even though we made contact. Yeah. So that was definitely an exciting finish, but you're able to get the first podium at Peugeot and anything at arcs. Uh, so that is kind of cool. And actually I was just, I was thinking about it as you were talking, I was trying to remember the 206 rally car. I'm like, oh, you know what? That was that blue and white one. And that probably was actually one of my favorite rally cars, too. So that's kind of neat that, you know, you're you you like to be different. And like I said, you know, listeners pay attention to our socials. I'll probably, you know, get a couple good screenshots of that car from the race and kind of want to post it on our social media just because of it was unique. It was different in all aspects between the paint scheme of uh I keep saying Princess Peach, but it was actually, uh, you know, not Princess Peach. 
Princess Daisy. It was Princess Daisy. And uh, plus it was Peugeot. So, but we really appreciate you coming on our podcast. And we definitely appreciate, you know, the racing you gave us on the, uh, the Jingle Jam. And we really hope to see you around, you know, occasionally racing with us in ARCs. And we hope to see you outside of the outside of arcs as well. This has been a lot of fun, and you know I'm definitely glad that you know we were able to meet and you know definitely exchange some stories and some fun words. Yeah, thanks. Like I said thanks again, you guys, for putting this uh, whole thing going. I mean, I don't know if I'll be around that much with you guys in arcs. Like I said, maybe I may bump into one of you guys in an official session or something like that, or maybe trying to trying to run one of the real big races. Um, Cause like I said, I'm going to be busy come next season with, um, with, with different leagues, different events, of course, real life work as well. And stuff like this right now, like I've only got, you know, one shift. I mean, an off right now for the holidays, obviously, but like one shift, but then it might be switching to two shifts later this, next year. So it's hard for me to tell my future at this point in time, but I was definitely glad that I kind of caught winning this event and um, it went a lot better than I hoped, than I thought I would. So um, just glad to be a part of this whole thing. And we were absolutely glad to have you. And now Ryan Pinnell is going to be with our good friend, Jeremy. Absolutely. What's up, Jeremy? How you doing? Oh, what's up, Ryan? Oh, man. Living the dream, as I always say. Man, take us through your race. Uh, you know, I, I, I'm, I think we were all kind of glad that uh, iRacing decided to limit it to 250 laps because I personally don't think I could have made it uh, even one more lap. But uh, tell us about your race. I mean, you're fast and, and running up front all night, but uh, tell us about your race and then that last lap, you know, crazy finish. Yes, I, I guess it should start qualifying uh i kind of had a, a really crappy lap put together even though i i pulled all the qualifying tricks out of my bag and qualified like 25th and then luckily we ran that heat race and uh that was kind of a, a crap shoot with uh both cautions being used up within the first five laps of the race so that kind of set up for an all-out shootout for like the last 15 20 laps so I was able to get up to second, which is, which is nice. I started behind jacket, so for the main event, uh, main event, and then uh, just kind of s- tried to stay up front, you know, keep out of the the mid pack craziness where everybody was just trying to jostle for tenth or eleventh or wherever they were, and then the wreck started coming about forty five laps in, and then we had like a long string of cautions where it was either do you pit, do you not pit, do you. Do you stay out and save a set of tires for the end of the race? Do you pit for fuel? Do you not? So it was a whole mess of, of that in the first 100 laps. And then about, I don't know, after lap 120, that's when it started to get strung out. and We, uh, we had a decent long run. And I was in the top three or four the entire time. I was working with, uh, with Jacket and Elliot the entire time. And then I forget what happened what lap it was but there we got a caution with like 70 80 to go and 
uh mains and all them were starting up front we had just pitted for four tires or no we hadn't pitted for four tires yet because before that um we restarted and then the the new guys in the back about 10th back had new tires and they just flew by everybody up to third and then it was me and elliot trying to hold them off and then we wrecked <laughs> just the car just honestly just gave out from under me and there was a big wreck behind us and then had to i i almost saved it and then i got plowed into it full speed and i i, I don't think he could see me because i was just flying back up the track sideways but after that I had to use the fast repair and then uh we got four tires there at the end about 40 to go when there was that last caution and uh nobody else i guess had tires left so we kind of just like elliot was saying earlier in his interview we we're holding on trying to see if we could save those tires for the end and uh at the end we came down to me and brett and brett and he's a hell of a driver because uh he had way older tires than we did and he was super fast and he was coming up through through everybody really quick so at the end there two to go i'm i'm just holding my line trying to trying to not break the draft but you know give him some dirty air so he pushed up the track but he was just so good that that didn't matter whatever line i was running he was going to catch me so final lap it was you know balls to the wall going into three and i put it on the bottom thinking he would dive it in but he didn't he uh he used the top side to get get a huge run and he just he just got it he was gonna win the race but uh i i pulled kind of a cheap shot move <laughs> at the end and kind of pulled a half-ass block but i really thank him because I, I would not have won that race he he should have been the winner of the race but uh i, I guess sportsmanship wins <laughs> over actually winning so I mean, congratulations to him on the second place and, and Elliot on the third because uh, those guys, they race clean. <laughs> like, again, like I said, I pulled a cheap shot move and he should have won the race. But other than that, I mean, that was a badass finish. Yeah, it was. And you talked about, you know, using your fast repair. I, I had to use mine uh, fairly early on too. Um, you know, w tell us like, what does that change as far as, you know, I know how, how I change my driving, but for you, you know, knowing that you don't have that fast repair to lean on anymore, you know, does it, does it change your driving style, uh, you know, with, with that many laps left in the race? I mean, in a normal points paying race, yeah, I would change my driving style, but because it was a charity event, I, I was like, you know, we're going to put on the best, best show we can. So I, I just went, I went full out every time I was I was on the track. It was 100%. Besides maybe that last run where I was trying to save some tires, but like I I did not change the way I drove. I got up through the front. I passed a bunch of guys, and that's just that's just how the race went. Yeah, it was definitely a different type of race there at the end. Um, but yeah, we had that pretty long green flag run, so everybody kind of got uh, stretched out. I was really hoping for one more caution um i know there were a couple people including myself that still had a set of tires left there at the end of the race so i would have loved to been able to use those because i mean we all saw that fresh tires were just i mean unbelievably faster than than even you know 10 15 lap old tires but still just want to say congratulations to you and brett and uh 
Elliott. Um, all three of y'all did a great job finishing top three out of a 39 car field that, that started. So nothing to complain about. And more, you know, more importantly, we raised just almost $1,400 uh, for Toys for Tots. So it was, uh, it was a huge success in my eyes. And, you know, I've already told everybody in the Discord, save the date for next year. We're going to do it a second time and see if we can't raise even more money. Yeah, I can't wait till we uh till we do it again. It was a lot of fun. SK. Yes. Uh actually Jeremy, I've kind of touched base with this on Elliot, and I'm gonna kinda of shift gears a little bit to you know, kinda of towards the future. And I talked uh you know, I made mention of this to Brett and Elliot, of course, that over the past couple weeks and you know, with them changing the car around, I kinda of sound like a broken record now. But, you know, they updated it. You know, these are no longer, you know, full throttle. They're glued to the racetrack. They're still way easier than the Gen 6 car to drive. But it did get a little difficult, if you would agree, and definitely had to kind of change the driving around. So my question to you being, you know, what it was, how well the Jingle Jam went? Could this maybe be a precursor for how A squared is going to go? Oh, I definitely think so. If if this is the kind of racing we can put on, you know, for a charity event, I mean, can you imagine 38 weeks of us on mile and a half short? We didn't even know what these cars can do on a short track now after the update. So, I mean, I, I can only imagine the kind of racing we can put on. And super speedways are always going to be crazy. So it's just going to be insane the kind of racing we're going to put on this season. It, it's going to be pretty close to like Monday night lightning season one type of finishes where we're side by side, coming to the line, crashing, wrecking, you know, just crazy finishes. I, I that's all I can see with these new cars. That's I, I honestly agree after, you know, racing at the jingle jam and the last couple of weeks practicing talking to DP, which has always been so against these cars. They're too easy. They, it's full throttle for, you know, 45 laps till you run out of fuel. You don't lift nothing to, oh, man, hey, these things are getting loose. Oh, damn, these things are tight. Son of a bitch, I can't keep this thing yeah, behind somebody. Uh, yeah. <laughs> DP should have been on the racetrack Saturday night because uh, my car was a handful after about 10 laps. I, I don't know about the top three. They're, obviously, theirs was handling a little bit better than mine was or – they wouldn't have finished in the top three, but I'm telling you, those things were, I mean, they were fucking loose after about 10 laps, and, and you saw it on the broadcast. I mean, every time coming off turn two, there was one or two cars uh, almost meeting their maker down there on the inside wall, so DP can shove it up his ass. Well, I <laughs> spun while leading, so it was uh, it was definitely not any easier at the front, so I caused a big one with, like, I don't know, 50 to go or something. Yeah, so we can all agree that next year, A squared, I think we're going to put on some amazing racing. So that's kind of a precursor. Um, Once again, I want to thank all three of you guys for coming in and joining us on this podcast. It's been great talking to you, listening to some of the backstory on how this began and, you know, from start to finish. So here's to an awesome year, and I want to wish you guys a very Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year, since we will not be doing a podcast for a while. So I want to thank you guys again for popping on.
Thank you guys for doing it. Yeah, thanks, guys. All right, Ryan, we are going to move on to our next and final segment. So let's just go ahead and switch gears. This is SK again, back with the Inside Arcs podcast. So this is going to be kind of a heartfelt moment for a lot of us as we kind of just chill out, relax a little bit. We talked about some awesome fun racing in the Jingle Jam, but I kind of just want to spread a little bit of holiday cheer and lovingness from the Alliance Racing Championship Series. You know, Christmas being right around the quarter, New Year's. So I would like to wish all of our friends, family, racers, fans, viewers, listeners, have a very Merry Christmas and a very safe New Year. Next, I would like to definitely give a huge shout out to our three owners, which will be Ryan Pinnell, Thomas Andrews, Terry Gabbard. Three guys that work tirelessly with the other admins, such as myself, Tommy Withers, Tristan Catania, Rick James, Jeremy Brial, and some of the others, Seth Wansing, Alex Simkowski, all of our admins here at Arxel, Tom Sears, you know, who we do everything we can to provide you guys with the greatest racing experience so i want to once again give a huge shout out to our three owners who continuously deal with our bullshit whether it's serious petty life-altering funny you know they're always there and they're always out giving us the best product for us to race and enjoy and be a part of. So this is a great big family. And I want to once again. Wish everyone a very Merry Christmas. A very safe New Year. And we will see you. In the middle of February. For our final podcast. Or for our first podcast of the year. But right now. We're going to take a couple breaks from the podcast. And we're going to focus on a little bit of racing. With our friends. We're going to enjoy some family time. We're going to share some laughs. So uh, tomorrow night or tonight is our Christmas party inside the Discord. So it's going to be a lot of fun, probably a lot of laughs. Some of us are probably going to be extremely drunk. So if you're at our Discord, definitely pop in around 8 o'clock. If you're not in our Discord, get a hold of one of us on our social media handles. You know, we will be glad to let you come in and hang out with us for the ARCS Christmas party. This is SK and the rest of the Alliance Racing Championship Series saying good night and keep your foot on that loud pedal, as Ryan would always say. Audio jungle.